What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bid DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is In Vogue. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you making? This is Cafe Mocha. We're kicking 2024 off with some laughs. Lonnie Love goes one-on-one with comedian Melanie Camacho and one-on-one with Damon Williams on Cafe Mocha. Lonnie Love, Angelique, and Yo-Yo on the line. Oh, this is my comedy sister. She was born in Chicago and raised in Inglewood, California. She actually uh, started doing comedy on a dare. You know her, you love her. She has opened up for just about everybody. She has boo credits. And uh, she's just one of the funniest females out there that I know. Welcome to Cafe Mocha, Melanie Camacho. Hey, Melanie. Hey, Lonnie. How are you? Thanks for that great intro love it <laughs> oh my god i'm like okay I'm, i did all that thank you <laughs> well you really are you uh you have been in this comedy game how many years melanie 32 wow congratulations 32 in january i can't even believe it wow now, you entered comedy on a dare talk about that uh i had took my co-workers to the comedy act theater to see robin harris not knowing he had passed and I'm like, I'm I'm telling them to get there early because the lines be long and we're not going to be able to get no seat. And I get there and there's no line. I'm like, what is going on? And I get inside and they said, oh, no, he passed. What? Oh, and then the comics that were on stage weren't doing it for me. I was like, I want my money back. I said, I can do that. And they were like, uh, $50 say you can't. And I went up and found the manager and it was hardly, you know, it was kind of empty it was ghost town so she took a chance and let me go up and do three minutes and, and i talked about my co-workers for those three minutes and she was like can you come back tomorrow and i was so excited yeah wow. but i was married with two kids and he was like uh you go to school you work i work i'm not trying to be mr mom i was like okay pick one so i i did that and then when school got out in january i, I came back and started doing it wow so talk about that in your relationship because there are a lot of women out there melanie that you know are trying to do something different but maybe they have a partner that's not you know into it what's your advice to them um get another partner no i'm just um (laughs) if he's not into it it wasn't that my husband he supported me once i got out of school but you know he was a plumber and i was a, a technician and he was you know, he was watching the kids while I'm going to school at night and he's working during the day and going to school, you know, and I'm going to. So it was a lot. And he was like, I'm not going to be sitting in this house while you run in the city doing comedy and going to school and all this. So he was like, pick one. I support you doing either comedy or school, but not both. You got to pick one. So that's what I did. He was very supportive once, you know, January came and I started just doing comedy. Mm -hmm. But it just, he started smoking drugs and I couldn't do that. I was like, look, I I can't. You know, I did everything on wifely duty. We went to rehab. And I'm like, why I got to go? I ain't on drugs. But, you know, you got to be supportive. And, you know, it got to a point where I'm like, look, these two kids, I can't have them around this. And so I got divorced and continued on my comedy career. And 32 years later, here I am. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Comedian Melanie Camacho. We're talking about uh, her start into comedy. Um, 
Now, once you did the dare, you started getting good. You were spotted by the producers of Deaf Comedy Jam. Let's talk about that. I was doing the Bay Area comedy competition. And back in the, at the time, you had to audition to be in the competition. So at the audition, I got a standing ovation. My first one, you know, I only probably got five in my career, but that one was the first one and Def Jam people were there and they were like, oh my God, you're doing Def Jam. And I was like, what? So I'm in the competition. I'm in round one. I'm feeling good. Never made it out the first round. And they still called me for Def Comedy Jam. And I didn't, I had never seen it. Never heard of it. I didn't have cable, so I didn't know what Def Jam was, but everybody else was really excited for me. So I was like, okay, hey, whatever that is, I got it. <laughs> and so what happened once, what was that experience like when you did Def Comedy Jam? Because we all remember oh Def Comedy Jam. Amazing. I had never been to New York. The only limo was prom, so it was like a limo picking me up in New York, taking me to this five-star, amazing, beautiful hotel. I don't have to share the room with anybody. Oh, God, it was amazing. I had such... And after my set, you know, this is my first time on TV, so I'm terrified, I'm visibly shaking, and I had a good set. And when I came off, um, Martin was trying to make me go back out and take a bow, but I'm scared to death. No, I'm, you can see if you ever see the tape. I'm pulling away. I'm not going back out there, sir. Sorry. And then um, the Bob Sumner, the person who picked everybody for Def Jam, he told me as soon as I came off stage, you're on tour. And I'm like, I'm on tour. Oh, my God. So it was an absolutely amazing. And I got to meet a lot of comics. So mm -hmm. I had never, you know, I didn't know. I, I was kind of like, you know, I didn't know anything about comedy when I started. I had never seen the great. The only thing I'd ever saw was delirious. That was it. So you, your comedy was just broad comedy based on your experiences. You weren't doing any type of uh, research or looking at anybody else. It was strictly no, Melanie. Mm. Strictly Melanie. I, you know, me and my life experience, and I still do it. You know, the only time I might look something up is to make sure I got the facts right. Like when I'm talking about, you know, we didn't get texts until 19, whatever. Or, mm. you know, you weren't able to text. You know, I might do that. But it's, I try to stay away from politics. And, um, you know, I do talk about God in my act. You know, I don't care about how many sex jokes I tell. I still love God and he loves me. Um, so, you know, I try to encourage people. I try to teach with my comedy. Mm -hmm. You ain't got to do that. Y'all better stop doing this and whatever, you know. I also want to talk about your look because you have a, a style. How did you develop that style and describe to people, you know, the style that you have for your stage presence? Well, when I first started seeing comedy, like I said, I had never seen really women. I saw Delirious. And the women that I did see looked like men. I was like, oh, Lord. Well, I'm like, uh-uh, let's make it sexy here. Let's make it sexy and funny. So I decided to wear some thigh-high boots. Nobody was wearing them. I wore thigh-high boots, and I had this suit made with a jacket and some pants, but I didn't even wear the pants. I just wore the jacket because it was long enough. It looked like a dress. So, And um, that was my style. Let's bring sexy to comedy. But it gets scary sometimes. I used to wear, like, mini skirts and thigh-high boots, but... But I'd be on stages that were at least six feet high. And somehow those fans would get up on that stage and come for me. I don't know. And I was trying to tell Lunell because she was like, girl, you ain't all that. And I was like, I'm not. I'm not all that. But I'm telling sex jokes with this mini skirt on and they're high. 
They came to the show high. So mm-hmm. back door, and then she got to see for herself. She was like, Mel, you're right that some guy tried to get. I was like, I know. And they be thinking it's part of the show. No, that's why I'm running. I don't stand still like Chris Rock. I'm falling. Oh. You ain't finna. I don't know what you finna do, but you ain't gonna get Cafe Mocha on the line. We're talking to the comedian, Melanie Camacho. You know, we're talking about, you know, being a female on stage and, you know, sometimes, you know, people, fans take it too far. What has been the most, uh, I guess, one experience that just took it too far? Well, you know, um, I was doing, uh, there was this club in New Jersey. I'm doing this club and it's in the 90s and I think I had just taped my Def Jam. It hadn't aired or anything yet, but I'm in the club and I, I guess they hadn't had any females come through and rock it. I rocked it that night. That night it was like, wow, these people out here love me. And after the show, after I come off stage, before I could get to like my seat or the area where the comics were, about four guys came up to me and they were big guys. <laughs> I'm five, three and a half. And they came up to me and they were like, why are you talking all that about the and oh, I was like, they was going off on me, Lonnie. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I'm panicking. I'm looking around to see who's going to help me. And then Bob came and saved me. He was like, back off, y'all. These jokes. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. And I'm like, all these men just finished talking about women. And, and, and I'm the only woman. And I talk about men. And you guys are mad. I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. But, a lot of people don't realize what women go through as a comedian. Like, we're it's jokes. And, and then they right. can't take it. Right. Okay. And they're intimidated by us. They're like, oh, God. Well, as far as I think, I, I'm concerned. I think they're intimidated because uh, if you look at some of these tours, there's no woman on it. Right. There's right. all men. I've been blessed to be on tours where, where the tours that I was doing was like with Martin Lawrence and Cat Williams and Chris Tucker. Matter of fact, Cat Williams was the first tour I ever did where there was more than another. There was another woman on the tour. Right. And it was Lunell. I had never been on a tour with another woman. Um, yeah. When I was touring with Def Jam, it was, I was the only woman. And, you know, on that tour I was on. So, yeah, they usually pick one of us, if that. Which is amazing. They will have six men and one woman. And I'm like, why? I mean, we're not talking right. about the same thing. So why do you think they only put one woman on a tour? I can't even imagine why. Maybe they don't think we're funny. I don't know, but I see a lot of tours where it's six men and no woman. That's true. I'm like, what? What? I see that um, they, uh, what is the straight jokes, no chaser, I think it's called, mm-hmm. um, with Cedric and Mike Epps and all of them. And, and I, I had reached out. I was like, you can put, can you put a woman on the tour? Any woman. It ain't got to be me. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Melanie Camacho. We're talking about her epic stand-up career. Uh, she has opened for uh, the hottest tours in the country, like Chris Tucker, Maxwell, Martin Lawrence, Cat Williams. She was the first stand-up that Chris Rock featured on his late-night talk show, and she gives back as well. Um, you have a self-produced stand-up special called Melanie Camacho. Hello. Let's talk about that. Well, that wasn't a self-produced. That was um, Laugh Out Loud Entertainment did that. And um, we shot that in San Bernardino. It must have been 106 degrees that day, and the air conditioner was broke. I was like, Uh-oh. you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. I'm 
dying in there. I mean, I, I had to cut halfway through the show and to dry off. I'm not going to be sweating like a dog on my first thing. You know, between the light and the heat, it's hot up there. And I got a back out on and I'm burning up. But yeah, they had already picked all the ones they wanted and I wasn't in one of those. And then later they came back and grabbed me. I was like, thank God, thank God. So that was your first stand-up special though. That's my only hour special, but I'm, I want another one. Do you have one, Lonnie? I have three. Yeah, you've got several. Yeah. What a blessing. Uh-huh. Well, you know, the and thing what... about stand-up is you burn a lot of material. People, you know, that understand. Once you put it on on tape TV. or whatever. Yeah, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. now you got to write a whole new set. And if you're doing Correct. multiple things the way we as women do, it's hard to sit down and say, okay, let me go write a whole new hour. You got to go test it out. You got to do all kinds of stuff. So I get it. You know, I mean. Well, most comics that are busy like you, they hire a writer. Most mm-hmm. comics hire a writer and then them and the writer go do, you know, a weekend at a club and work out the material. Well, the thing is, is that yeah. I don't have a weekend. That's the problem. It's like I got oh. the writers. Well, I'm saying but, when you at the you club, know. doing your, you're at a comedy club for the weekend. Yeah. When you're but doing that's that. The thing. You that's... don't have a week. I don't have a weekend. That's why I haven't come up with a new uh, special. Oh. Just, you know, I don't, I don't have like, I'm working, but I don't have, okay. you know, it's like focus. You're not you doing know? weekends at the clubs anymore? Oh. No, not right now. I'm doing, uh, okay. you know, I'm like producing and, you know. You're and doing get, TV and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I, you know, because I want people to understand, too, that you have, like, stand-ups and then you have, like, TV stand-ups and then you have, like, the specials and stuff like that. And then you have, like, the road comics. And so it depends mm-hmm. on, you know, where I am is if I'm doing it or not, you know, but... For okay. you, I mean, every time I've seen you perform, you just you just kill it. You're phenomenal. Because Your point of view is good. Let me tell you what, Lonnie, you know, this is all I do. I'm not, I don't have a TV show. I'm not doing no movies. And so all I have is comedy. So I, I work on it a lot more than the average comic because you guys are doing other stuff. So I'm giving it 100 where you guys are giving it 70, maybe 50, depending 50. on what you're doing. 50. Right. <laughs> so that's what makes me be a stronger comic because I am doing it every day just about. You know, I did a show last night. I did a ugly party comedy show on Wednesday last week for Snoop Dogg. Um, and then I have the uh, the comedy block party on Wednesday and I'm headed to Chicago for the weekend. So I'm doing, you know, uh, more stand up than you guys are, you know. Right. Talk about the being on the road and how, how does that affect you being a female? Well, the road pretty much sucks. Um, you know, me, I, I don't drink. So and, and I ain't doing no drugs. So, you know, I don't I don't consider marijuana a drug, but I don't do no drugs. And so I'm pretty much in my room until showtime. And after the showtime, I'm back in my room. I'm, You know, I've been doing this for 32 years. And so at the be- the first 10 years, it was every show. There's an after party. I'm headed to it, but I didn't, I'm after partied out. So I'm usually headed back to my room. You know, you're it, it can get lonely on the road. For sure. But a lot of women ain't got no man at home or on the road. So it's, you know, you get used to it. But um, 
Uh, you don't, you don't I have, have a get friend. you a little something? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You got, you, I have a friend at home, so I get mine before I go on the road. Because, no, I don't I don't sleep with, I've never slept with a comic. Um, <laughs> and I, I never will. I don't get, my mama taught me a long time ago, go get your honey where you make your money. Um, that's right. So that's right. I don't, I don't, people like, how you stay on tour? I keep my mouth and my legs closed. That's how. Because you're going to see some <laughs> You're going to see some shit. I can write a book. It'd be a bestseller. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Cussing. You can see some stuff. You can see some stuff and it'll be a bestseller. I'm trying to tell you. I, 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 but I'll never write a book. I'll never write a book. I'm not that. I'm loyal to a default till it hurts me. Mm-hmm. So um, that'll never happen. But you got to be, you know, and you can't be cocky. Some comedians go on tour and they're doing 20 minutes before the headliner who's doing an hour mm-hmm. and they'd be like, oh, he couldn't even follow me. I was so funny or whatever. And then they wonder why they're not on the tour no more mm-hmm. because you got the big head. That's mm-hmm. what happened. You, tw- anybody can rock in 20 minutes. That's easy. Do an hour. Let's see what you can do. Matter of fact, let's see. It's not even about funny anymore. It's who can put the booties in the seat? That's right. Who can pack the house? That's what it's about. So you cannot even be funny, but if you got a million followers, you own. Give me some advice to women that are trying to, you know, do their own, you know, this is the new year. Um, So what advice do you give women that's trying to do something different in their life? I tell you to, uh, first you got to get God in your life. Then instead of asking people, ask him. Put all your faith in him and you'd be surprised at what you get. I've asked people to help me. I I just did the thing with the Snoop Dogg about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, the Snoop Dogg messing around. I'm calling everybody that I see got a special, you know, because it was a big thing. Netflix is a joke. They had a whole bunch of people had shows and I'm calling all of them. Oh, please. Can I get 10 minutes? Can I get five? Can I get... None of them. So I just said, oh, man, everybody said they was already booked or didn't even answer. And so I gave it to God. And then the next day after I prayed on it, Snoop's people called for me to do a private party for him. Mm. And I was like, uh, can I get on that show with the with the Snoop Dogg messing around thing? And he was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can make that happen, but I'll see what I can do. And God made it happen. I ended up being the only lady on that show with some legends. I'm talking Cat Williams, Mike Epps, the hilarious Donnell Rollins. Oh, my God. D-Ray. It was amazing. You were hilarious. And that's the reason. You know, Melanie, it's important for us to use our platforms. And that is the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you today, uh, being one of the few uh, working comedians that can do two hours rock a crowd and look good uh where can we keep up with you and get your tour dates oh you can catch me um on instagram it's melanie c-o-m-a-r-c-h-o comarcho it's not spanish uh, melanie comarcho a lot of people think i was married to a mexican no they cool but we ain't getting married or nothing um <laughs> You can catch me at Melanie Camarcho on all platforms. Um, it might be official Melanie Camarcho on YouTube or something, but it's always Melanie Camarcho on every platform. You know, and I just want to say, you thank you, Lonnie. 
<laughs> right. Everybody does. And it's Comarcho. It's an R in my name. And, uh, you know, I just want to say there's a lot of female comedians and they do not try to help each other out. Lonnie has always been a good friend of, to me. And I ain't never had to borrow no money from Lonnie. Thank God. And, um, but I'm sure she'd loan it to me if I did. But I thank God I ain't had to borrow. But she has been an absolute sweetheart the entire time I've known her. She has done so much, and I am so proud of her. Keep doing the thing, Lonnie. Well, thank you. And I can always scrape up something for you, Melanie Camacho. <laughs> okay. Let's pray I don't have to get that way. <laughs> okay. Thank you for stepping into Cafe Mocha, Melanie. I love you. Have a good new year. Thank you. Happy holidays. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, Targeted electronic newsletter. Experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Lonnie Love on the line. He's a legendary comedian, actor, and producer from Chicago. He boasts a 30-year career in entertainment. Starting as an entrepreneur, he pivoted to comedy and never looked back. He is my comedy brother. I'm so happy to have him come into Cafe Mocha. Please welcome Damon Williams. Hey, Damon. Hey, Lonnie. How you doing, sis? I am doing excellent, okay? You know, let's talk about, you know, how you started in comedy. Like, tell me, how did you start? Because I've been knowing you for years. So I never knew how you started. It's funny because, I, you know, I always thought comedy as an art form was amazing. Even as a kid, I used to watch, you know, monologues and on Johnny Carson and, you know, the old heads like Nipsey Russell and Franklin the Giant and even some of the people like Rodney Dangerfield. So when Eddie Murphy came out, you know, that delirious thing and sparked the bug and I started kind of mimicking him around my job and people kind of started calling me Eddie. Then I left the job and went to open a Subway sandwich shop, right? 
but it only lasted for like two years. This was before Jared lost all that weight. You know, he was still just a fat pedophile. That being said, uh, <laughs> it wasn't working for me. So I, I used to go to this gym where all these, you know, elite black people would be playing ball. And when I was talking about this show at this comedy club that had just opened, and the girl with the big lips from HBO is the host of the open mic. And I'm like, you know, of course, they're talking about Adele Givens. So I heard this thing and I just went and tried it. But the day before I went, I actually went to a little dip-off spot to try it first. And when I got there, there was a comedian in there, George Wilborn. Now, my father's name is William Wilborn. He'd already told me he had a nephew doing comedy, but I had never met him. Fate would have it. George was there. He went up, saw me go up. I told him I was his cousin. He walked me through the doors at all jokes aside. I never looked back from that. After that first open mic, I ended up uh, replacing Adele when she went on further to do big things as the host of the open mic. And that's where my career started. Oh, my goodness. That is phenomenal. <laughs> you know, what is it about comedy, especially black comedy throughout the years that you've noticed that makes it makes it still relevant, like stand up? Well, it, it dates back to our people in the village, you know, the griots and sitting around the fire. And, you know, comedy has literally gotten us through some of the hardest times of our history. And it continues to do so. You know, when people are in a comedy club, they got problems, they got stress, they got bills, they got issues. But for two hours, they're not thinking about none of that. They're having a good time. It's a group of ladies for somebody's birthday. It's a couple hanging out, laughing together when they normally don't, instead of being on their phones in, in the living room on the couch. And uh, I think it brings people together. And it's endorphins. You know, comedy is, my mother calls it a ministry. So I'm like the last minister of my mother's church every once in a while, you know, due to pastor's anniversary, you know, things of that nature, just because comedy is so universal and it just uplifts people. Love it. It's Cafe Mocha on the line with comedian, OG comedian, Damon <laughs> Williams. Um, Damon, when we're talking about comedy, is there anything off limits? You know, the rule used to be nothing is sacred. And it still applies to an extent, but there's a different tact involved. So my 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 role is first of all, be funny. You know, if you're gonna be offensive, be funny. Second of all, the, the subject matter or the party that you're offending possibly uh, should also be able to laugh at it. You know what I mean? So if the joke is done tastefully, like in a, if a heckler is heckling, even if you roasting this heckler, you should say something about this heckler that would make that heckler laugh as opposed to being confrontational. So I think even in you know today's society with hashtag movements and sensitivity and sensibilities out there, you still can navigate that and be funny. And hopefully your goal is to make people have a good time. So no topic should be off limits. No topic. You know, who's your favorite comedian besides yourself? <laughs> Uh, I, I got to say, it's a, it's a twofold story. I say uh, Richard is the greatest because that's my first exposure to real stand up. And of course, we had to listen to his jokes back in the day and not see. So your imagination would take hold as he visually painted the picture. And then Eddie is the most talented because Eddie was the one who, first of all, we saw visually, you know, with the, with the DVDs and the CDs. I mean, actually VHS back then. And it made it real for me. You know what I mean? Plus, he had the different skill sets. So that's why it's always two. It's, it's Richard and Eddie. Wow. Those are my favorites, too. When it comes to females in comedy, what's your view on, on, on that? I'm an advocate for ladies in comedy. In fact, I've just, you know, I book a club in Chicago, which we have to get you to, Riddle's Comedy Club in Alsip. Uh And I've had back-to-back-to-back-to-back women in comedy. It started with Marsha Warfield. I had Just Niche. I had um, Kim Whitley just left. I have Dominique was just here and coming up. 
I have um, Melanie Camacho because I feel like women don't get a fair shake and women are the driving force of comedy when it comes to the audience. If you look in any comedy audience, as I stated earlier, it's a group of girls. It might be a guy with this girl, but you'll never see eight dudes out celebrating their boy's birthday, you know, at a comedy show. But you will see a table of 20 women laughing because it's one of the girls' birthday or all of the girls' birthday or a bachelorette party or something. So I think not only are they vital as an audience, but I think the voice of the woman is vital as well. Lonnie Love's on with Damon Williams. More coming up on Cafe Mocha. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. AMC theaters tripping all over themselves apologizing after civil rights activist Bishop William Barber was kicked out of the theater. Keep in mind, he walks with two canes, and he didn't bring in a wheelchair, but he bought in a special chair that he needed to sit in. They literally said, well, do you have a piece of paper with you saying that this is your medical device? I said, I have these two canes. I have my body. And they called the cops. They literally called the police the day after Christmas. And I'm sure you've been hearing all kinds of shady things about Supreme Court Justice Uncle Clarence Thomas, accepting gifts, taking fancy trips, and now check out how he got a raise. On the plane back from a conference, he happened to be sitting next to the congressman, and he told him, Congress should give the Supreme Court justices a raise or else one or more will resign soon. And the congressman, uh, you know, left that afraid that Thomas was about to step down. That's the espresso. We're talking about the state of comedy. And when we talk about the state of comedy, we have to talk about some things that's happening. Um, You know, I think we're still, uh, people still have their opinions about what happened at the Oscars two years ago between Will Smith and uh, Chris Rock. What is Mm -hmm. your view on that? Well, my view is this situation probably wouldn't have escalated to the point that it has if Chris would have just ducked. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, you see, you talk about a man's wife, he walk up on you, you're not expecting it, but still your, your instinct, it should have been the duck. And then we wouldn't be talking about this. Of course, that thing got completely out of control. Um, some people thought it was a hoax, even in watching it at the time, I'm like, what did I just see? You know, but you know, they called it live. So I feel like, first of all, people need to stay in their seats at comedy shows because there's been a few occasions where people have like ran up on Dave Chappelle on stage or throwing bottles and beers and, and things at comedians and singers as well. It's been a real trend in that. So my, my motto is, you know, if you come up here, you know, that's what this mic is for. So you can listen to the mic or you can feel it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, um, When we talk about stand-up comedy, um, it's changing because now we have social media and technology. What's your view on these social media comics now? You know, I consider myself a traditionalist when it comes to stand-up, so I don't want to say old school or, you know, real stand-up comics, but you have to deal with the era that you're born in. I mean, their choice and uh, opportunities all come from social media. We had, you know, Showtime at the Apollo, BT's Comic View, Def Comedy Jam. That was the route to get you into the industry. Now you can create your own buzz and become, you know, successful with numbers. But I still think only a few of them have translated to the stage. And I would say to them, you know, if you're going to be in this game, continue to do your craft and, you know, build your following up on social media, but also take the time and put the work in to be a stand up if that's what the route you're trying to take. 
because you don't want to cheat your audience when they show up. And there's not going to be a video screen for you to go up and point out all your videos. You know, if people come and pay their money, they deserve a good show. Or even this, and this is good advice to any of those comics, host the event. You know, you got a, you got enough humorous skill set to host, but bring some seasoned comics with you, make it an overall experience for the people as you learn. That way you're really kind of covering yourself while you learn the craft. That You know what? That is just a great advice because there are so many people, you know, customers don't understand. They see somebody on social media and they think, oh, they see them at the club and they sell out and they only have like five minutes. Yeah, exactly. They're supposed to do an hour, you know, at least an hour of material and they only have five minutes. And then, you know, it kind of messes up the whole game for all of us because then people are like leery about buying tickets. So, you know, that that would be great advice. But let's talk about you performing because you uh, recently was on a Netflix special with some more. Let's talk about that. And what an amazing opportunity. And it's really came out the blue because, you know, we we shot that special pre-COVID, uh, mm-hmm. probably a year before. And it was actually licensed to be T, uh, but they shelved it. And, it, you know, I'm not trying to start a controversy, but the, the title of the special is All the Queen's Men. Now, BT also has a drama series called All the Queen's Men. So I think maybe they, for the confusion, they didn't show ours except once, maybe in the middle of the night. But it was a blessing in disguise because that gave it viability for Netflix to go ahead and premiere it. And so to make it to the Netflix universe, even if it's part of an ensemble, it's a great honor that, you know, a lot of black comedians don't get the opportunity to do right away. And I it wasn't right away for me, but hopefully that leads to other things. And it exposes us to a, a greater audience. You know, me and three other guys, two Ray Gordon, uh, D.S. Sander, Tony Schofield, all, you know, 25, 30 years in the game to get a little bump in your career and your visibility is always a blessing. And some more being the queen of comedy on that road, uh, bestowing that blessing upon us. I'm very grateful to her and Wayne for doing that. Definitely. And now you also have a tour called the straight, straight jokes, no chaser. Talk about that. Man, the, the biggest comedy tour in America right now is the Straight Jokes No Chaser comedy tour with Sedity Entertainer, D.L. Hughley, Earthquake. They're the core of it. Uh, scattered dates include people like Bruce Bruce, Mike Epps, Lou Nail, Don D.C. Curry, and myself. It's Cafe Mocha talking to comedian Damon Williams. Now, Damon, for the new year, what are some of your hopes and goals uh, for your career? Career-wise, I, I literally want to do my own one-hour special. If Netflix is the home for it, that would be awesome. But, you know, there are a lot of options out there now for comics, even if you produce it independently. That's definitely on the list. Uh, and then touring at a greater pace, you know, in larger venues. I've been doing Funny Bones and Improv for a while, and I really kind of just cracked that circuit because, you know, there, there was a mainstream versus urban circuit. They tried to relegate us to, you know, chocolate night, black comedy night, but I'm doing weekends. You know how it is. Every every Negro night possible. And the funny thing is, I tried to do an alternative to that because at Riddles, we predominantly booked African-American comedians. So I said, well, we had to do something to get some white comedians in here. So I tried to do Whitewash Wednesdays. When I tell you the backlash, <laughs> I'm like, oh, we could do Negro night, but we can't do Whitewash Wednesdays. Man, it was so much fun to just to see the people complain about it. But, you know, definitely producing more shows. Uh, I've been auditioning for all types of sitcoms and, you know, dramas and such. So hopefully I'll grab one of those. I'm going to, you know, claim that. You'll see more acting from me. And just enjoying life and bringing joy to people around the country. Love it. Where can we find your tour schedule and find out more about you? <laughs> 
everything's available at DamonWilliamsComedy.com. And then, my, of course, my socials are Damon Williams Comedy as well, except for X, Twitter, uh, is Damon Williams because I get my whole name. Somebody else was using it. But I need to find that dude because I need my S. Uh, but definitely, I'm on site on, on all my socials on a regular basis. That's what I do during the day. And I personally, you know, monitor all of my messages, and that's me responding. So it's a beautiful thing. Well, you know what? Follow Damon Williams, y'all. He is a cool brother and a funny brother as well. And I'll see you up there at Riddles real soon. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get you in. And it's my first time calling Mocha, but I've been listening since the beginning. Thank you, ladies. Oh, you are so welcome, Damon. Thank you for stepping into Cafe Mocha. Nothing but laughs to kick off 2024. Coming up this month, we've got comedian from Saturday Night Live, Kenan Thompson. If you want to check out the podcast, all you have to do is type in Cafe Mocha Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Super Radio. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. <laughs> 